When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Let me just say, after Vera distorting the belt, they're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all, with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the ACHA Power Play. We are brought to you, as always, uh, by the Belly Up Network of Podcasts. And you can catch us live on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. We've got a great lineup of guests coming up tonight. And we want to get to our first guest right now, taking time out of his busy schedule. We are uh, honored and pleased, as always, to be joined by the Executive Director of the ACHA, Craig Barnett. Craig, how are you, my friend? Welcome back to the show. Hey, Lou. It's great. It's great uh, being here. I appreciate you having having me on and talking ACHA hockey. Oh, absolutely. That's a pleasure. It's mine. The, Craig, the last time you and I spoke uh, was in, in Boston, uh, wrapping up another great tournament. Uh, just quickly taking a look back on it. Uh, you had to be pleased. It was a great turnout, uh, a lot of fun, and I think uh, enjoyed by all. Yeah, you know what? It, it was a it was a highlight for sure. I I think, um, and I might have said this before, but you know when I when I first got this job, now like six years ago now, right? So yeah. when I, when I first got it, I mean, I had this image, you know, where I work with the North American Hockey League and we run a big junior showcase out of uh, Blaine, Minnesota, which has eight sheets of ice, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just it's such a great atmosphere, you know. And and so when I got this job, I mean that that was the vision I had, you know. It's great that we have our national tournament with all five divisions uh, there under you know one location, but when you can have it at one location under the same roof at the same time, like it was, it was you know it's all always about the student athlete experience, right? And and I I think the student athlete experience was 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 phenomenal from the feedback we got, but but also from you know a fan experience, you know, like it was everybody was in the you know the. The, the main lobby upstairs and you know you can walk to all the rings you had eight college games going on at one time <laughs> on, on, on most days and you know and if you couldn't be there you, you know they could sit at home and listen to Lou Gamlin and company on the broadcasting yeah. so 
um, we, we had a great time there. Um, I thought, I thought the staff was incredible. I thought the, uh, you know, the sports center group was really good to work with. And, uh, you know, now, now we're excited to go back to St. Louis in, in, in that, that market there, which is a perfect market for the ACHA as well. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment here. But I, what I also wanted to get to is, it was it was kind of crazy. You were, it was a very busy time for you because, as soon as you got done with that, Craig, you had to get to the uh, World University Games of Hockey. I, I think I got that right. World Cup of University Hockey overseas. Yeah. And from what I've read and what I the folks that I have talked to afterwards, it that was another huge success for everybody. Uh, you know, again, it was in, and, and, um, you know, for the four, the 44 student athletes that were able to represent either the USA or Canada, um, with the two teams that we took, it, 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 they, they did such a great job in not only, you know, representing their countries, but the ACHA and their families as well. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it's not too often that you get to travel with, with teams, you know, coaches yeah. are traveling with teams all the time, but as an administrator, you know, you, you, you got a chance to fly overseas, you know, to be with these young men, um, you know, over a course of 10 days in, in a foreign country. And, uh, you know, you know, it was, ama- it was, it was an amazing thing to experience. And, um, you know, obviously we were, uh, you know, successful on the ice as well, which, you know, when, when you're on the ice and the puck drops, it's all about hockey, but at the same yeah. time, uh, for those young men that be able to play against, uh, you know, uh, you know, college, hockey players from different countries and, and, and the crowd was great. The atmosphere was great. Um, the hosts were great. Um, you know, so, so yeah, it was, it was, you know, from Boston to Romania and then, uh, <laughs> we got, we got home for about three days and then we were off to our annual meetings in Naples. So it was, it was a, it was a month of, uh, uh, you know, nonstop action. So, uh, Craig, when you took this uh, position six years ago, did you ever envision you'd get this opportunity to travel the world like that? No, you know, not, no, never. I've never really traveled much. You know, yeah. I never really traveled outside the North America very much at all. You know, and and, and I knew. I remember when, when I first got the job. I think I was two weeks into it, and, and uh, you know, they took a team to Barnell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, that was really cool. You know, and I was kind of glad I never went because I was still getting my feet wet. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny, you know, like, you know, you grow up and you, you, you know, you go on vacations with family, your, your family and everything like that when you're growing up and, and, you know, and, you, and then you get older and you hear people say, what well, you know, what's on your bucket list? It's like, you know, traveling to Europe. Mm-hmm. And I was never like that. I'm, I'm like a beach guy. I, I love, I love, I love <laughs> the sunshine and sunsets and sunrises. And, you know, I just want to go to the beach, but, um, I get it now, you know, I get it, you know, when you get a chance to go overseas and, you know, places like Bucharest and Warsaw and places like that, um, you know, it, it really, it, it's really, uh, it's a history lesson in the moment. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I feel blessed to be able to, to be part of that. And, um, but, uh, you know, it's the best, the best feeling in the world is watching the student athletes on the ice, you know, enjoying the experience and playing, playing on the same team as, 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 as guys that, uh, they play against during the season. But, you know, with, with, with us having two teams in Romania, you know, we had, we had guys playing against each other that play for the same college. Right. So it was, it was, it was, it was really a cool experience. Well, Craig, you talked about uh, some of the experiences you had with, uh, you know, at the NHL and uh, over up in Blaine, Minnesota and whatnot. That's one of the other things. It's kind of cool that you lead into this. I, 
one of the things I've noticed, I've been involved, you know, broadcasting the games uh, for about eight years now. And more of the, like the more of the showcase tournaments that the ACHA are having, like in Chicago and St. Louis and all the other parts of the country, uh, a po- another many of the many positive growths that the ACHA has seen over the years. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, like, like our, you know, we have challenges, you know, just yeah. like everyone else, you know, one of the challenges right now that we have is, you know, on the women's side too, right? Like we, we, we want, we, you know, we used to have the world university games in which men and women mm-hmm. uh, were able to be represented and, and right now, you know, without the world university games uh, with the world. So, so now we're with the world cup of university hockey. There's no opportunity on that side for the women. So we continue to look at that. But, mm. but from, you know, to, to, to your question, you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, it's important, I think, for us during the season to, to have these types of showcase tournaments or you can call them jamborees or, yeah. or whatever you want to call them. But, you know, the, the way, the way most of our rankings work, you know, for the, you know, the qualify for the national tournament is with this algorithm, right. And, yeah. and, you know, the, the, the more people, the more teams you play, how they do against other teams ends up affecting the rankings. So when we can have these showcases in which, uh, you know, maybe it's more like cross-divisional play, you know, like, yeah. I, you, you, you know, you might never play that team because they're on the other side of the country, but you, you get a chance to play against them at the showcase. And then that, that helps our rankings overall, you know, yeah. if you – for, for teams that don't travel too much and they play, you know, within their league with, you know, and that might be a budget, uh, you know, a reason why they do that. But if they, if they can't get out and play other teams, it, it doesn't help the rankings much, you know? So I think it's important for us to, to, to start getting back into those types of uh, showcases and jamborees and, you know, our goal, you know, Dave Kurtz with hockey ops is, is uh, planning some of the M2 and M3 and W2, W1, uh, type type uh events over the next couple of years and and you know we do have a, a men's one tournament in chicago uh this month yeah you know just 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 spoke with joe caprio who's helping us uh, put that that tournament on and uh you know we're very excited we have flow hockey um going to be broadcasting that tournament and you know so so it serves a purpose with the rankings but it certainly also serves a purpose with promoting the acha and you know, hopefully some prospective student athletes see the quality of play, you know, especially at the Chicago tournament with some of our, our top division one teams. I mean, it, it's it's going to be a great, a great uh, event. We're joined here on the power play by uh, Craig Barnett. He is the ACHA executive director. Craig, um, uh, I noticed uh, this week, or actually I read it today that Saginaw Valley is uh, they're bumping up to division one, another school here in Michigan moving up. And this year, the university of Mary started in the D one, what is the process if somebody wants to bump up, so to speak? Uh, how do they go about doing that, and how long does that normally take? Yeah, it's a great, it's a good question. You know, we're we're, we're excited. Saginaw Valley acquired last year. You know, and, and, and you know, we talked a little bit about it and so forth. You know, it's 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 one of those things, especially at the you know at the at, you know the Division One level. Yeah. I'd say the same on the women's side as well, right? Like you want you want. There's certain criteria. So we have certain criteria in our in our ECHA manual policies and so forth that need to be met for the for you know for Division One level. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, so you want to make sure that they meet those levels. And and you know, we also have Northwood, um, you know, going as well with oh, Saginaw wow. Valley. Yeah. So 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 they they um, you know they're 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 getting back into it as well. But 
Um, you, you know, but you also want to kind of be careful too with the numbers. I mean, this is going to give us 74 teams at the men's division one level, you wow. know, and, and, and that's fine. That's yeah. fine. You know, you, you just, you know, from an administration standpoint, we, you know, you, we want to make sure that there's, there's good parity, right? Like, mm-hmm. like for, for, you know, competition and everything like that. So sometimes it's hard to judge, but, um, you know, the process is pretty simple. There's, you know, we have applications on, on our resource section of the website. So for, you know, teams that want to move up from M2 to M1, like University of Mary did, they they, they applied two years ago or three years ago, right? Yeah. And they planned it that way because they wanted to ease into it. They wanted to recruit, you know, the way that they, they, they choose to recruit mm-hmm. and so forth, you know. Um, so there's an application process, you know, we look at the budgets, we look at, you know, coaches, we look at, you know, the, the ties to the school, you know, a lot of these men's division one and women's division one programs are under the, you know, intercollegiate athletic, uh, department, you know, um, so, so they have good support and, and so forth, but, you know, you want to, you just want to make sure they're set up for success. And, and, and at the end of the day, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, playing division one hockey at any levels is it's 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 really good hockey and yeah. um you know we hope that they're set up for it it's something the school wants to do and and uh you know we have a committee that that reviews the uh the application process a different committee for each division and uh you know they they, they met the criteria we're, we're we're kind of going through some changes within uh, men's one with our, our our leagues themselves you know and in this um having having northwood and saginaw valley um um, coming in um, helps with some of the, the divisions, um, you know, so it's, it, it's helping the ACHA as well. And we're helping them, you know, elevate their programs to the, to the top level. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, there might be a possibility of seeing another one or two happen here yeah. with an announcement, you know, maybe not for next year, but the year after. Have you ever been to a game at that barn at Saginaw Valley? It's, it's, uh, it gets crazy, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I haven't been there yet, but I, Talked to their head coaches on the show last year, and I had a other game I had to broadcast. But he said, if you come up for a game, the the lineup is around the block or you know around the barn to yeah. get in. And so yeah. I have no doubt that they're going to be successful at the D one level. They're going to the, the the kids and the and the the fans are going to come out for sure. Yeah, it's it's you know obviously it's Michigan, right? It's one of the big <laughs> the, 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 the big three M's, and, and yeah. uh, you know there's there's instant rivalries, right? So so I think it's going to be good for all of college hockey to see that. Um, yeah, so we're we're excited about them. They, yeah. There's a lot of enthusiasm, and, and you know, and then again, you know, it's 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 you know, it doesn't doesn't bump our overall numbers up right now, but but it yeah. certainly uh, bumps up the men's one sure. level now, and and um, you know, that's that's uh, that's what it's about. They want to compete, and they're 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 putting their program in place to you know, be, be able to compete at that level. And, uh, so now, 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 now the onus is on them to, to do, to build the program the way they, they wish to do so. There you go. Hey, um, I saw earlier in the year, Craig, uh, the ACHA named Larry Rocca coach in chief. Uh, wh- what does that entail? So, so, so yeah, we're very fortunate to have Larry join us. You know, um, Mike Littenberger was our coach in chief, uh, since I've been here. Okay. Um, in, in years prior to that so so really what the coach in chief does is is, uh, is he's our he's our liaison between usa hockey and, and the acha oh, okay. so you know they, there's requirements that coaches need to meet each year you know from from an educational standpoint you know they they have to do their coaching education programs and and, and so forth um not only that but they're, they're obviously they also have to do safe sport uh, training and also background checks and so forth right so mm-hmm. 
the coach in chief really is, is our person to make sure our coaches are on track with, with what's compliant. Now would be a USA hockey and uh, with the education program. So Larry brings to the table, Larry, Larry's a former, um, he, he actually joined us this morning in our first organization committee meeting with uh, St. Louis for the nationals this year, which is really cool to have the coach in chief on that call. But he, he he used to coach at Penn State University in the ACHA and went to the national tournament three or four different times. Um, he's now the uh, a head coach at uh, the NCAA Division II level at uh, uh, St. Anselm College in New Hampshire. Um, but he's also uh, the coach-in-chief for one of the districts under USA Hockey's umbrella. So the credibility that, that Larry brings to us um, is great. Mike did a fantastic job. Larry's gonna, you know, take that, you know, fill those shoes and take that next step because we're, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a role that we need to make sure our coaches, you know, stay on track, but more importantly, you know, they, they want to be better coaches and they want to learn from, you know, you're you're always, as a coach, you're always trying to better yourself Mm -hmm. and and he's going to be able to put some educational programs together to, to make sure one that we're compliant, but two that our coaches continue to develop as, you know, being able to, to, you know, build strong teams. Well, you mentioned St. Louis, Craig, Uh, the road to St. Louis has begun. Obviously it, it's going to be a great fit. We're going to be there for a few years to come. But, uh, why, you know, I've talked to you this before, but uh, refresh everybody that's watching and listening. Um, your, you know, your your road goes 12 months now, but we're four months out, maybe a week before puck drop for uh, the opening games of the tournament in St. Louis. It's going to be here before you know it. But uh, what do you do right now? Like, let's say for the next couple of months before the sprint really happens. Yeah, we're we're excited. As soon as you say, uh, you know, a, a smile comes on my face when you mention St. Louis. You know what? We we had such a great tournament yeah. there in 2022. The uh, that that NHL team is very much involved. You know, right from the president, you know, Chris Zimmerman, whose 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 son played at UMass in the ACHA. Um, you know, um, his right hand uh, person, the CFO uh, with the St. Louis Blues, Steve Chapman's. Uh, his son's a freshman last year at Arkansas in the ACHA. So like, like we, there, there's strong ties to it. Right. So when you mm-hmm. go to a market like that, but that's, you know, it's not a, it's not one of the largest NHL markets. It's a mid-sized market and St. Louis is a phenomenal city and supports hockey so well. Um, we just had a great experience and the, you throw in the, the involvement with the St. Louis sports commission, you know, and the Chris, Chris Roseman and his team and, um, you know, we walked in, we were set to go, we hit the ground running and, and it was just a, it was, it was the best I, I felt at the yeah. time, the best tournament we, we had, you know, the brand new facility that the blues practice in Centene uh, oh, yeah. center, um, you know, Maryville university, you know, brand new rink at the same time, you know, that we use for some, for some, uh, games, which we'll use this year for yeah. some W two games and men's one games because our, our, um, our men's one, um, national tournament bracket is expanded by four teams. So, so now we're bringing 82 teams to St. Wow. Louis. So, so what we do is we, you know, we have our, our hockey ops people. We have our, our, our coordinator national tournaments, Russ Lego. We have, you know, our, our staff people and then the people from St. Louis. Um, so we, we, we had, we've hired two interns from the Maryville university, uh, wrong sports management program that are going to play pivotal roles for us in terms of, uh, putting on the event 
Um, so today, so what we do is starting in November, we will we'll have two organiz organizational meetings um, in November, December, and January, and then we'll have one in February and March. And the, the, there was about, I think there's 14 of us on that, on that, uh, on the meeting today. And uh, we just start with the task list, you know, and, yeah. and we, we get together, we talk about the task, we talk about expectations, responsibilities, everything from athletic trainers to locker room setups to schedules to Zamboni times, the puck drop times, warm up oh. times, you, you name it, right? It's, oh, it's boy. A, hotels and, and pucks and practice pucks and protocols and you know you name it so yeah. it's 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 uh it's it, it's a very successful um it's a very successful um meeting that that we have and um you know it's just what we want to do is we want to eliminate as many surprises as possible by the time we show up in March and, and by doing it this way working with our hosts that know they're they're you know, they know that region, they know the people, the people that run the rinks. Um, you know, obviously it's a unique event. We have five individual national championships going on under one roof. Yeah. Because each, each division is a little different. And, and it, so, so it's very beneficial for us, these meetings. And uh, it's exciting. It was exciting today to have the first meeting. And um, I was telling somebody earlier that there's going to be eight of them. So we're one down, <laughs> seven to go. Well, I, Craig, you got me fired up. You know, I, I get, I, I, as soon as the Lions make the Super Bowl, I got a month to go, then the national tournament. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, everything, you know, everything changes, right? Everything yeah. changes, you know, um, <laughs> but now we're, we're excited. And I, and I got to throw it out there. I'm, I'm really excited about this. this uh, we, we're building a meeting. Um, you know, it's been in Naples, Florida yeah. for 30, 30 years, right? Uh -huh. A long time. And in, in, in the background is, is that the place we used to have it at, the Naples Beach and Golf Club, which was fantastic. It, it was able to accommodate not only the ACHA meetings, but prior to that, and in conjunction with the ACHA for the last 17, 20 years with the American Hockey uh, Coaches Association. So, um, they, they bulldozed that down, um, about two years ago, mm. just like everything else in Florida, you know, building condos <laughs> on the water. Right. Um, you know, so we, we moved our meetings. We, we were unable to be in conjunction, um, with the American Hockey Coaches Association. So, so there, there's some value and benefits that our coaches used to get that we were just not able to provide or wasn't provided to have, you know, over yeah. the last couple of years. So, you know, just like anything coming out of COVID, I felt that this is a restart opportunity. Yeah. And uh, you know what? We're, we're going to Nashville, Tennessee. So, wow. That's going to be – you're um, going to enjoy that, I'll bet. It, it's it's <laughs> uh, Obviously, it speaks for itself. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's 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 an opportunity for us now to have a facility um, in, in the Spanish Wells Golf and Country Club that we used the last two years in Bonita Springs is great. Yeah. But – we're going to be in a meeting space right by the airport, 10 minutes from downtown, everything under one roof. We're going to be able to do some new things. Uh, Larry Roca that we talked about, our coach yeah. in chief, is going to be having educational programs there for our coaches, which we haven't had for a few years now. We're going to have a vendor show there. We're going to, we're going to have buses taking coaches downtown when they, when they want to go downtown. But we, we also are you know, moving some of our awards banquet and Hall of Fame induct, induction uh uh, events uh, earlier in the day, you know, so so the coaches can participate in that, be part of that, celebrate the ACHA, and if they choose to go downtown and listen to some incredible music, they can do it. 
And uh, so we're, we're really excited about going to Nashville and, um, you know, change is inevitable. I think we're, we, we might be a little bit ahead of things here and you might see some other changes with other groups, you know, but Nashville is a place to be. And yeah. I think a lot, I think our attendance should go up. I think it's an easier place for a lot of our, our, uh, our teams and membership to get to, you know, more, more drive, you know, more driving distance uh, friendly, so yeah. to speak. But, right. but we're also, we also pushed it back a couple of weeks now. So it's in the second weekend of May with the hopes that some of our student athletes are going to be able to attend the team presidents, you know, like yeah. the, the, the people that can't go in, in April, you know? So, mm-hmm. so our, our hope is that our, our attendance increases, that the experience is better for, for our, our membership and, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, have a little bit of fun, but, you know, be, be together under one roof and have some productive meetings. Well, Craig, it sounds like everything's going in such a positive direction. Like I said, I'm fired up just talking to you about it. Can't wait for St. Louis to get here, you know, and just love it. The this season's gone great so far. And, uh, you know, all I could say is, God, keep it up, man. It, this all sounds fantastic. Uh, it's, it's, I, I tell you what, it's, it's, uh, I, I, just, I, you know, six years now with the ACHA, it's just, I, I can't believe I, I, I walked into such a great opportunity. Yeah. And the people that, that work we work with and the staff we have, you know, it's a lot of volunteers, it's a lot of place volunteers. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, it's so rewarding, you know, and uh, I appreciate everything, Lou, that you do and you promote, you promote the ACHA and you help us with the national tournament. So, like, it's, it, 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 you know, it would not be, it's always about the student athletes. Yep. They, they would not have the experience without all the people that are involved. So I appreciate everything you do. Thank you. You bet. You too, you too Craig. Hey, thanks for taking time out tonight. Uh, take a deep breath. Keep up the great work and uh, look forward to seeing you in St. Louis in March. Thanks again for yeah. coming on. Sounds good. Good luck to your Lions. All right. Thank you, Craig. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Craig Barnett, the uh, ACHA Executive director, uh, take a time out of uh, his busy schedule. We're, we're um, excited and honored for him to take part, as always. Always come on, comes on once a year to kind of give us a lowdown. And, wow, they got a lot going on. With the road to St. Louis, uh, it's kicking into high gear. We're four months and about a week away from uh, the road to the Nationals in St. Louis. And as he mentioned, 24 teams are going to be in the ACHA and men's division one this year in the playoffs. So really looking forward to that. So it's going to be an expanded field and uh, you know, it, it just makes for more excitement. Uh, if you're going to be in the St. Louis area, March 7th through the 17th, uh, I highly recommend that uh, you take a look at uh, all of the tournaments that are going on. Uh, the men's D one starts on March 7th through the 12th, uh, the men's D two, the 11th through the 15th and the men's D three, the 7th through the 12th as well. And the women's tournament is uh, going to be March, uh, the D1 tournament, the 13th through the 17th, and uh, the 12th through the 16th. And as Craig mentioned, the Centene Center, uh, it's such a great location. They've got great restaurants there. Uh, they've got three ranks in that building and a couple of ranks in the Maryville University one that they use. And uh, it, again, it's a great venue to have. So really looking forward to that coming up uh the second weekend in March in 2024. So 82 teams are going to be in uh, the national tournament through five divisions, uh, three in the men's and two in the women's. All right. We still got a lot to talk about Uh, coming up here in about four minutes. We're going to be joined by uh, Mike DePazio. He's the head coach of the university of UMass, uh, UMass Amherst, the defending men's division two national champions. We're going to check in with them to see 
how their season's going, wearing the crown as the champs in uh, men's division two. And then uh, uh, at the top of the next hour, we're going to talk to Chris Haney, the head coach of Central Michigan's women's D2 team, off to a great start as well. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will get into more of the ACHA Power Play. You're watching the ACHA Power Play. It's live here on the cast. It's the biggest game of the year, and your team doesn't have a coach. They don't even have a game plan. You probably aren't feeling very good about their chances. Make sure you're prepared for one of the biggest financial decisions of your life retirement. Do you have a coach? What about a plan? Set yourself up for success by calling 877-222-8849 and having Mindy and Nolan McIntosh and their team at McIntosh and Associates create your retirement playbook. They'll help you think through taxes, income, legacy planning, and much more. When you're done, you'll have a customized retirement game plan that you can feel confident in. Start planning today with Central Michigan's retirement coaches, Mindy and Nolan McIntosh at McIntosh & Associates. Call 877-222-8849. That's 877-222-8849. Investment advisory products and services made available through AE Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back, everybody, to the ACHA Power Play. We are live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. We are powered up by the Belly Up Network of Podcasts. Uh, you can watch us, all of our uh, podcasts live on our YouTube channel, as I mentioned. Also, you can follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Real Captain Lou, or uh, give us a follow on the Captain Lou Extravaganza Facebook page or my personal page, Lewis Gamlin, and you can watch it on there as well. Many thanks to Craig Barnett, the uh, executive director of the ACHA, taking time out to talk to us tonight as uh, they just got done with their first meeting, uh, planning session, if you will, for the national tournament coming up in St. Louis. It's, uh, again, going to be May or March 7th through the 17th. And he talked about their national meetings that they've got going on now in Nashville coming up in May. A lot of things going on. And also... Again, with the, the showcase tournaments, we want to talk about that. If you're going to be in the Chicago area, I think it's in uh, two weeks from this weekend, the um, 17th through the 19th, I believe. There is some great men's college hockey in Division One. Uh, there's some really good teams that are going to be playing, uh, you know, teams from the North Dakota area, Central United States, whatever. Make sure you check it out. If you can't get there live, watch it, as uh, Craig mentioned on Flow Hockey. There's uh, – uh, uh, it's a great brand of hockey and, you know, these, uh, it's right. It's not, you know, what you say, maybe a club sport. It is very, very, uh, very competitive. And, uh, these kids are very talented. So again, I highly recommend you checking it out. That of course is, uh, um, the, uh, showcase coming up in Chicago, uh, the week of, uh, or the weekend of November 17th through the 19th. Uh, we're going to take a look at a little later on on the rankings that are out in men's division one and women's division one. And again, as Craig mentioned, uh, we're going to have uh, 24 teams in the national tournament now in division one, 82 all told of all five divisions. So the tournament is expanding. That's going to make things even more exciting uh, with the, with the um, addition of four more teams in division one. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Again, we'll go through the rankings in division one. Uh, coming up here shortly is going to be Mike DeFazio from uh, uh, UMass Amherst. Uh, they had a nice run into the uh, Division II uh, tournament last year. They've been there quite a few times. Just, uh, you know, finally we're able to get that. So without any further ado, 
Let's go back to our guest line and let's bring in the uh, head coach of uh, UMass Amherst, uh, Mike DePazio. Mike, hey, thanks again for taking time out to come back on the show. How are you? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I got a night off tonight. So hey, worked out well. Heck yeah! You can uh, you you can uh, check out the pages and uh, you know see how good my Detroit Lions are doing. Yeah, pretty damn good. I was actually <laughs> just talking about that at work. You know, we're, we're we're we don't know how to act here in Michigan with the Lions being playing so well. It's been 30 years since we won a division. But I digress. Let's uh let's get you talking about what we want to talk about, and that's uh UMass hockey. I I I know it seems like forever ago, Mike, but again, that run that you guys had in the 2022 uh, national or 2023 finals was excellent. You guys got over the hump and were able to uh, get to the top of the mountain. Yeah, it, it it seems like yesterday, but it also seems like an eternity to go because a lot of things have happened. We've had a lot of celebrations, a lot of regrouping. Um, so it, it's weird. It feels like yesterday. I remember everything about that day, what happened that weekend. Um, but then again, we're already, you know, not halfway through our first season back, but uh, pretty damn close. So it's been fun. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, and that's a it's a great lead in to uh, my next question for you. How's the transition been? You know, it's, you know, you and I have talked before. You guys knocked on the door a few times. You had some really difficult losses on the trek to get here. Now you're on top. How's that transition been with you guys, the hunted instead of the hunters now? And that's been the challenge so far. Uh, we knew it was going to be the case coming into the year. I mean, we talked about it at tryouts, first couple of weeks of practices. Like, we're going to get everybody's best game every mm-hmm. night. It doesn't matter. Um, where before maybe somebody else takes a night off. So um, it has, and we we lost like 12 or 13 guys last year. So, you know, of course we brought in a lot of new guys, a lot of great freshmen, sophomores that are new to the team this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also a lot of returners that are here, you know, playing some different roles. So, you know, not only are we getting everybody's best game, um, but we got a lot of new players and new roles and, you know, we got the talent to do it. It's just putting the pieces together and changing some things and everybody's kind of learning on the fly. Um, but it's it's honestly been a fun challenge. It's been yeah. frustrating at times, but it has been fun. Um, you know, it gives us a little challenge to go home with, the long rides home to talk about it. Yeah. How can we flip this guy? How can we get this guy going? So, well, um, as a head yep, coach, Mike, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Is it, that's got to be something you, you'd, I, I think you'd rather have that kind of challenge as knowing that you won, you know, as opposed to maybe not knowing what that's like, right? And that's, that's been the other part of it. It's like, you know, relax. Like, let's have some fun. We won it last year. Yeah. Nobody thought we would. Um, You know, we did. So just embrace it. Like, it's going to be a challenge. But, you know, in a weird way, the pressure's kind of off. You know, you're going to every year, like, hey, we got to win. We got to win. And, you know, no one expects us to win. You know, but we did that. You know, so many teams have been trying for so long. Mm -hmm. So let's just have fun. Like, we already did it. We know what it takes. You know, let's fight through these challenges here out of the gate get it to go, you know, get it going. And then, you know, hopefully we hit our stride towards the end of the season, just like we did last year. So in many ways, not in a whole a lot different of a situation coming into Thanksgiving, um, but just new challenges. Yeah. You know, that's funny. Uh, I remember you talking about that vaunted speech. I think it was you guys had right around Thanksgiving last year, whatever yeah. it did, it worked. Uh, but um, you mentioned, Guys with different roles. Uh, can you explain that a little bit for us? Yeah. So, I mean, so this year, opening night, uh, although we lost 12 or 13 guys, yeah. we brought back enough skaters 
this season to fill a whole roster for our home opener. So we had four lines, six sets of D, two goalies, all that were with the program last year. Mm -hmm. But obviously, when you lose almost three lines of forwards, everybody slots up. So, you know, a couple of guys that have stepped up big time, you know, uh, Dylan LaMonica, another one who didn't see a whole lot of games last year, but when he did, it was effective. And now this year, you know, he's finding himself in the lineup every year and producing and playing very well. Uh, so there's a bunch of guys in that category that were maybe a bit frustrated last year with their playing time. We're in and out of the lineup. You know, we knew they knew they had the skill, but they were just a log jam of guys ahead of them that had been there for three, four, you know, yeah. Scott Chirac's case, five years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so now those guys are turning loose and they're getting going. They're getting comfortable. Um, you know, but there's no easy games right now. So it's, that's been the fun part though, is seeing these guys take that next step, you know, grab the opportunity and run with it. Yeah. Well, that's great. What you just said about uh, no easy games It, you guys, I I don't think a lot of the hockey community, well, I I know they know about the teams in your area, but they're not familiar names. Keene state, Northeastern, Bryant. I know you've played Liberty. I, that is at the D2 level, your corner of the world, Mike, is, in my opinion, the toughest area of uh, ACHA hockey in Division Two for the country, bar none. Yeah, and it's it's there. There are some easier teams up here, but um, everybody's everybody's relevant. There's so much hockey up here in New England. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the club teams get overshadowed by and aren't as well known as some of the others across the country, but that's because we have NCAA teams all okay. over. I mean, every other town here, you have NCAA division three teams, you have division one teams, division two. So those are where everybody's talking and going and trying to get recruited because they see the NCAA thing. So I yeah. think in a weird way, we don't get a lot of credit and recognition for these big schools that are very successful in the club programs up here because they're a bit overshadowed. But um, at the end of the day, like there's so much good hockey in this area. Uh, you know, so every team's naturally going to have good players and um, it, it, it makes it fun. You know, we don't have to hop on a plane for every game. We don't have to drive, you know, four or five hours. You know, there's plenty of teams that are an hour, hour and a half drive away. That'll be a hell of a game and, you know, night in and night out. So it makes it fun, um, relatively efficient and easy travel, which is good. But then we do, you know, take those trips to Liberty and Florida Gulf Coast. But we all enjoy those, need those. And it's it's a lot of fun. Well, that's kind of a reward for you guys. I, I like how you're able to do that, get to go down south and get the boys a little relaxation and hockey. And then, of course, Liberty, you know, you get to, to play, you know, two good schools that, you know, are mainstays at the national tournament every year. Yeah, and that's, you know, when it's December and we've played 16, 17, 18 games, it's it's time to go to Florida and hit the beach for a little bit, play some good games. And then they're off after that for winter. Yeah winter break um but you want to play those top teams because that's how you kind of prepare yourself for nationals and it's something we've had to learn along the way like you got to play those three game weekends you got to play the national contenders which is the florida gulf coast the liberties lindenwood you got to play them you know yeah. keen and northeastern are other top teams so you got to play those tough schools if you want to you know achieve anything like we did last year you know you talked about uh some of the guys that are returning i look you got will Trishita, uh christopher roy uh thomas milney again right up there leading the way but as as i've said to you last year you know your team is so balanced you've got so many people that are on the score sheet that you know that's got to make it a little easier for you yeah uh it doesn't make it easy for me by any means the coaches have more of a tough time trying to figure out who to play every game but it's easy in a way where you know we can plug in guys who we need to you know right now we have a bunch of injuries but guys can step up and learn that role and get that experience and I think that's what's unique about us. Maybe you saw last year at nationals is, you know, you play a team like Concordia, Wisconsin, who's very top heavy. 
Yeah. Um, you know, we don't have that high end skill like some of those other schools do, because frankly, they're going to the NCAA schools that are surrounding us. Yeah. So we have the luxury of having those above average guys that are in the area that, hey, I just want to get to school and I don't want to play junior prep school um, that are all very solid. So it's every year we just have a deep team of five or six lines. Um, and that's what kind of won us everything last year is being deeper than some of those other teams. You know, because as the tournament went on, we were just healthier. So, um, again, it's a good problem to have for us. It's challenging for the coaches because we have to make some tough decisions. But having that depth um, is what separates us. You know, I wish we had the, the super high end skill guys, but um, we don't need that. And you don't have to live and die by it. So um, and the guys that we have are plenty skilled to get the job done. So it's like I said, it's a fun challenge and trying to get these all new pieces this year. Um, to fall into place and experiment and try new things and change things up. It's It's been fun and exciting. You know, uh, Mike, you guys, the season starts in, you know, August, late August with practice, and you guys start playing right around the beginning of October. Um, I, does your coaching style change after the Christmas break, knowing you've only got maybe a month or so left in the regular season, then you've got possibly the regionals if you're not fortunate enough to get the top two? Does does your philosophy change at all in the second semester? I'm not sure the philosophy changes as far as our game plan and what we do in a day to day. You try to manage the time and you know what you do on the ice. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe the game by game decisions and maybe what the roster looks out looks like from a Friday night game to a Saturday night game that might be a little more consistent okay. come the end of second semester because we want those roles to be kind of sorted out heading into playoffs and regionals and nationals, like you said. So, um, you know, how we approach a game is a bit different. I mean, it's similar, you know, but the roster and who we see consistently out there, like those will start to kind of fall into peace and in, into place, like I said. So um, right now we're in that little experiment mode, but, you know, come January, early February, you know, we like to have a lot of that sorted out and, you know, just roll with the hot lineup. So when you got a night off like tonight, Mike, besides, uh, you know, taking some time out to talk with me, do you, uh, are you on the horn recruiting? Um, or do you just uh, block it out for one night just to give yourself a little bit of sanity? Um, I don't know if I try to block it out. I have a hard time blocking it out because I enjoy talking hockey. Yeah. Uh, on my way to, you know, the grocery store, I'd try to get that stuff done today. But it's, you know, I was talking to a junior coach who has a few guys interested, and then it's, you know, run around the grocery store, hop in the truck, and have this conversation. So uh, you try to get away with it. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like, it's not something I, I hate. I don't look at it as a job. It's fun. And when you get to talk hockey, it's like, eh, you know, it's, it's not a chore at that point. So I I don't really take days off unless I'm away with the family or on vacation, then I'll try to unplug. I don't think I've ever talked to a coach since I've been doing this that said it's, it's a chore. And I could tell in your voice that it's not that you really genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I'm not sure I'm at where I am in life without my experience playing club hockey. And one of our assistant coaches, Jamie McGarrion, you know, he was my head coach, you know, when I had played and now I'm fortunate enough to coach alongside with him. So um, I just enjoyed my time so much. I have so much to be thankful for that. I want to give back to the guys that are coming through and, you know, give them somebody that they can talk to, give them, you know, a family, a group of friends to hang out with. And to me, it's, it's the best at the end of the year, you see how close they become, you know, and last year, you know, us winning it all. Now it's like, you can't get enough of it. And now you want to continue to do that because you want to reach that feeling again. So um, it's fun. You know, we, I have a day job. I live an hour from the rink, but uh, we all do it because yeah. we genuinely love it and enjoy it. So um, now w- with the season going on and so far, what you've done, 
Is there anything that you think the guys need to work on that uh, can keep you at that level? Yeah, it's consistency. And I think being gritty and doing what we did at nationals. Um, You know, I think you had even mentioned a few times, like we were just rolling four lines, you know, we're hitting, we're blocking shots. We're a pain in the asses to play against. Um, (laughs) You know, we're, we're doing that, but not for a full 60 and not every game that we get on the ice for. So as soon as we start to figure that out, and we didn't figure it out for a while last year either. It took some time to for it to click. Um, you know, but again, same message as last year. Like, we got the skill to do it. We got the guys to do it. We're, we know that. We're confident in that. Um, I think the guys know it. It's just putting it all together and really taking that next step. Like, we, we got to block that shot when it counts. We got to hit the defenseman when he's trying to make that breakout pass. Those little things that maybe go unnoticed. Um, that maybe you can be lazy about in the beginning of the year. We really need to start doing that now. You know, can't be waiting around much longer for that to do it consistently. So what was the last NHL game that you've seen? Uh, I think la- beginning of last year. Okay. Um, the Bruins, yeah, when they they started off hot. So, And I'm actually supposed to go to one in a couple of weeks I'm excited about. So, Yeah, we're going – my stepson lives in Arizona. We're going to watch them play the – capitals in december in their college rink and uh it's gonna be interesting to see a, an nhl game in a 5,000 seat rink yeah I, I know a few guys actually um alumni of the program went out last year and did it and they said it was awesome oh good. um you know i'm sure those knuckleheads aren't listening <laughs> right now but they went to i think a bruins game and i think when the pats are maybe playing the arizona cardinals um so they made a weekend of it but I heard it's awesome. I heard it's a great place to watch a game. So I kind of be curious on your feedback. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. And there's one other thing that I wanted to bring up too from the tournament last year. What really caught my eye that I loved was the amount of, uh, you know, the support that you guys got from the students and the other players from the NCAA team that came out for your championship game. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a screenshot going around of a text that we sent beginning of the year as soon as we had the you know the team picked. We're like, hey, we're going to win a national title in our backyard this year, one way or another. Um, and to see that and reflect on it, like that was our first message to the entire team once we had it picked is, is kind of crazy to think about. Um, but you really couldn't have wrote a better story having everybody there. I mean, my son, I think he was four months at the time. You know, he was even there. <laughs> Um, wow. family that have never really come to watch me coach. And that's me being selfish talking about my immediate family. But then the mm-hmm. list goes on to the other 30 people on the team and the staff. You know, everybody had friends and family there. Um, it was awesome. And then our first home game, you know, we raised our banner. And we had all but one of the guys that was on the team last year. He was down at a training camp in the SP. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, he's playing he's playing pro right now. But he was the only one that couldn't make it. And all those players and their families came out. You know, we did our ring ceremony afterwards. You know, we had a nice little banquet um, and to see everybody still come out and support, you know, even though they were gone or they graduated or, you know, their parents were still there. Um, and I think that says a lot about the program, the players and everything. And, and just another reason why we enjoy coaching it so much. Well, I was going to say that says a lot about you guys, too. That means you, you put together one hell of a program and uh, it is something to be proud of, you know. Yeah. No, it's fun seeing where it came from when I played because we stunk. You know, we were maybe 500. I think my first two years, we didn't even make it to regionals. And we made it to regionals our next two and lost first game. Uh, you know, to see us now and, you know, get to the top yeah. of the mountain last year, it's 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 surreal to see it transform over the last, you know, 10, 12 years. Well, Mike, uh, keep it up, man. I appreciate you taking time out tonight to talk some puck with us. Uh, 
you know, hopefully if uh, good Lord willing and the Creek don't rise, we can uh, see you in St. Louis in March. And uh, again, thanks for coming on the show and good luck the rest of the year. Thank you. I appreciate it. Always fun. Um, good luck the rest of the podcast tonight. I'll be listening later. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. See ya. You bet. Mike DeFazio, the head coach of uh, UMass Amherst. Uh, again, they're the Kings right now on top in men's division two. Uh, it, it's funny is we talk about the competition that they play. They were number one in the final rankings last year, which, uh, you know, in division two, it's key because they are right now the only division that you get the automatic qualifiers for they have regional play regional qualifying and you know we talked to kevin brooks on the last episode of the show the team for you know from iowa the team that umass uh, amherst beat for the national championship and you know you getting those number one and number two spots in each region is huge because you get the automatic buy into the nationals and you don't have to go through the regional play which is uh you know winner go home it's single elimination in some instances, you got to win three games. You know, if you've got one of the lower seeds, which Iowa did, they had, you know, back to back to back just to get to nationals. And, you know, their record was 18 and eight in the regular season, but they were number one in the region because we talked about the competition that this team plays. They play, uh, you know, Northeastern, uh, you know, Keene State, uh, Bryant. Uh, those, some of those may not be household names or New Hampshire. But they're all right there. They're they're good year in and year out. And of course, they play Liberty and uh, Florida Gulf Coast. And for those of you that do follow uh, the ACHA, those are names. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast is I don't know how many finals they've been to over the years. Um, they're a mainstay normally in the Final Four or right there in the national tournament. So uh, the brand of hockey at the at the D two level for the ACHA in the Northeast is. Uh, you know, it, it's right. It, it's amongst the best, if not the best area for uh, Division Two hockey. So, uh, thanks to Mike DeFazio, the head coach of UMass, for joining us. And again, you know that run that they had to the title last year—a grind them out kind of hockey—and uh, you know they they were dominant, obviously in the final, a four nothing win over Iowa, and uh, the support that they had from the crowd, from the students, and whatever. It's uh, when you build up a good program and you've got a solid program and they come back like that, that tells you all you need to know about how good of a program that really is. So, all right, we're going to take another break. We come back. We're going to take a look at the rankings uh, that are just released for the women's division one and the men's D one and uh, some more. And uh, we'll talk more. And of course, coming up at the top of the hour, eight o'clock, Chris Haney from central Michigan university's women's uh, division two team. He's going to stop by. We're going to talk some women's hockey with him. You're watching the ACHA Power Play. It's live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube, powered up by Belly Up Sports and sponsored as well by SeatGeek. Hi, everybody. Captain Lou here. You got your tickets for Spartan Stadium yet for Michigan State playing Central, maybe down the road against Michigan? Speaking of Michigan at the Big House, you got your tickets there for Ohio State or whoever they might play? Well, I've got just the answer if you don't. That's SeatGeek. They've got great seats available at great prices. You say you might want to go to Penn State later on this year for a ball game? Michigan's going there in November. I highly recommend checking out SeatGeek. They've got great seats. 
great prices, the best way to go to get your ticket. So if you want to go to Spartan Stadium or if you want to go to the big house this fall, make sure you check out SeatGeek. And while you're there, use the promo code CAPTAINLOU. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. That's SeatGeek. Use the promo code CAPTAINLOU for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek.com, the best place to go to get your tickets for this fall. Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, cap or the uh, ACHA Power Play live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube, and of course, as we mentioned, powered up by Belly Up Sports. I um, invite you to check out our website, BellyUpSports.com. Check out the list of uh, podcasters and shows that we have, like the fourteen twenty Sports Bar Podcast, uh, the Corner Boot, the Corner Boot. Uh, Sportscast, uh, the fantasy shows that we do, all of them, theater of college hoops, um, just a, a great variety of uh, podcasts that we have uh, every week the, here on uh, on uh, the on the Belly Up Sports Network of podcasts, and also check out the website for all our latest articles. We've got such a great assortment of uh, sports writers that uh, keep you up to date on all the sports, all the majors, and some of them that aren't the majors. You've got football, basketball, hockey, and uh, baseball. And also, of course, uh, you've got uh, everything from pro wrestling to uh, soccer, you name it, NASCAR. It's all covered on uh, bellyupsports.com. And, uh, again, check out there while you're there, check out the list of uh, podcasts that we have. Again, a lot of very entertaining covering all aspects of sports, again, from hockey to baseball, you name it, uh, to football. We've got it here on Belly Up Sports. We are blessed to have the ACHA Power Play in our seventh season here of doing the ACHA Power Play. And uh, we'll be back on again next week uh, with another edition of the ACHA Power Play with some great guests lined up as well. Speaking of great guests, coming up here in about eight minutes, we'll have Chris Haney from Central Michigan University's Women's D2 Squad stopping by to join us. And uh, we'll get uh, catch up on what's going on in their world. They've up, they're off to a great start this year as well. So uh, in women's division two hockey. So, all right, let's uh, keep rolling along here as promised. Let's take, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, some of the um, rankings that are out right now. The only divisions that have rankings out are the men's and women's division one. So we thought we would uh, take time out and uh, bring those up for you. Let's take a look at uh, the men's D one rankings here. As uh, you can see at the top, the defending champs, Minot state, they're undefeated at number one. Central Oklahoma making a big jump. They're up to number two now. Then you've got uh, UNLV at three, University of Mary, all the way up to number four. Uh, again, uh, they have, uh, in such a short uh, period of time at the D2 level, enjoyed such great success. Two-time champions before they uh, were defeated in, in the tournament in Boston last year. They're up to number four. Niagara at number five, Adrian at six. Grand Valley up to seven, um, and then you've got Jamestown at eight, Iowa State at nine, Indiana Tech at 10, Arizona at 11, Maryville at 12, U of M Dearborn at 13, Ohio at 14, Liberty up to 15, Arizona State at 16, NYU at 17, Stony Brook at 18, Calvin checking in at 19, Missouri State at 20, Utah at 21, Rhode Island at 22, Lehigh at 23. Oklahoma at 24 and uh, Pittsburgh at 25. And as mentioned earlier in the show, um, 24 teams make it into the national tournament. Now we have eight automatic qualifiers with the conferences, each getting an auto bid. So then 
you'll have the next 16 after that making it into the national tournament. So it's a it's an exciting experience for the D, for the D2 level um, or the D1 level. I'm, I excuse me. It's the, the one difference with obviously with the men's D1 level as opposed to some of the other divisions. It is uh, winner go home. It's single elimination. There's no uh, round. There's no uh, pool play tournaments. Uh, there's no double elimination. It's winner go home. And so the sudden death mentality of that Division One tournament is intense. We've had quite a bit of overtimes. You know, a couple of years ago in St. Louis, we had the five overtime game. Uh, so yeah, it, it is. You can cut the tension, and that's why we say you can't take one shift off or you know a period off. You can find yourself down. You take a period off. You can find yourself down two or three to nothing, and. Uh, there is no tomorrow in the Division One national tournament, but you know that's uh, everybody knows that going in. So, but this year is going to be a little different. They bumped it up to twenty-four teams now, so that means eighty-two teams are going to the national tournaments in St. Louis, and so it uh, really is going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And that's uh, uh, so. Those are your top twenty-five teams. You can find those rankings at the achahockey.org. and. Uh, also, while we've got a couple of moments here, let's uh, take a look at the women's uh, rankings. See if I can uh, pick those out here. Let me see. There we go. We've got the women's rankings. Um, their first rankings, they came out yesterday. And to no surprise, uh, the four-time defending national champion, University of Liberty, or Liberty University, whatever you want to call them, they're ranked number one. Uh, Midland is number two. Adrian checks in at three, another powerhouse. Michigan, uh, enjoying their highest ranking since, I think, 2015. Uh, Jenna Trebino, is, uh, she's doing a wonderful job at uh, Michigan. They're at number four. Maryville at number five. Jamestown at six. McKendry at seven. Indiana Tech at eight. Uh, Arizona State at nine. Minot State at 10. Minot, of course, went to the uh, championship game last year against Liberty. Grand Valley at 11, Michigan Dearborn at 12, Minnesota at 13, UMass at 14, and uh, Lake Superior State checking in at uh, 15 this week in the poll. So, and with that, it's the uh, top 10 that get in, and then it's a double elimination tournament with uh, you know with buys for the top teams. So, um, again, it's uh, those teams will all the top 10 teams will convene in St. Louis uh, in March. Um, 7th through the 17th again. So, um, again, kind of giving you an idea what when the tournament is going to be. It's going to, again, the men's D1 tournament will be March 7th through the 12th, and the D2 two tournament will be from 11th through the 15th. D3 national tournament, March 7th through the 12th, and then the women's tournament is uh, going to be March 13th through the 17th, and the women's D2 tourney will be March 12th through the 16th. All at St. Louis at the Centene Center and also at uh, Maryville, as uh, Craig Barnett had mentioned earlier in the broadcast. So 82 teams convening for 10 days worth of hockey. The road to St. Louis, it's, uh, so you can see, uh, four months and a week. So what, uh, 18 weeks, they'll be dropping the puck and uh, we'll get things going for the national tournament in uh, St. Louis. You know, it's, it's come so far in the last seven years, eight years, you know, used to be in separate cities. Now all convening at one working with the NHL cities and 
St. Louis is such a nice center er, area too. It's right, you know, easier to get to in the center of the, the country. So, and the St. Louis Blues do a wonderful job working hand in hand with the ACHA. And I can't wait to uh, be a part of that. We will, again, keep you informed on all the uh, rankings and who's going where, who's uh, sitting pretty good as far as getting back uh, to the national tournament or maybe getting that first trip to the national tournament. And that's, that's kind of the fun stuff too about uh, going to the national tournament and, you know, watching some of these teams that have never been there before and get to, get to experience it and the bonding and everything. And, you know, my hats off to these teams that qualify to get to nationals. It, it is, it, it's, it's a hard work. It's a hard job because they, they fund themselves. And so let's say a team like, and I'm just going to use uh, central Michigan or uh, use uh, Amherst, uh, University, UMass Amherst. Let's say that they go through the regional tournament. They don't make the top two. They have to qualify. Okay. They go to qualify. Then they've got two to three weeks to come up with the funding and make arrangements to get to St. Louis. And it's not, <laughs> I got to tell you, it's not cheap. And I, I just marvel at the work that these kids do off the ice to get ready for that in a short period of time. You know, I've broadcasted some of these regional tournaments, you know, in Michigan here, and you watch the euphoria of the teams that make it and you see the coaches, the parents all get together. And the euphoria lasts for about, you know, 12 hours or so. And then it's like, okay, now we really got to work on it, not just on the ice, but off the ice as well. So it's, that's pretty, that's the unique thing about it. So, all right, let's, uh, let's go back to our guest line and uh, let's bring in the first time guest of the ACHA power play, head coach of Central Michigan University's women's D2 team, Chris Haney. Chris, thanks for taking time out tonight. How are you? I'm doing great, Lou. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, the gals are off to a good start, five and one here early going of the year. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, how you feel about how your team's doing. Yeah, so far so good. So uh, definitely building from our success last year and added quite a few new players that uh, with a lot of talent. And it would just matter this this early in the year between practicing in September and getting into games in October is just getting the team to gel. Right. And, yeah. and new lines and new combos on D and uh, new roles for a lot of people. So I, I think it's been going in the right direction here for sure. You know, we, we talk about the competition, you know, at on the men's D two side out in the Northeast where how difficult it is. I, you know, I looked at your schedule and you know, you get to play some really good competition here in this area and of course, it's headlined by having to play Sioux College, the defending champs. Uh, it's always a good measuring stick for you, I'll bet. Yeah, absolutely. And last year when we played Sioux, we definitely had that game, those games circled on the calendar because more so than anything, you just want to kind of take stock of how you are, you know, mm -hmm. when you play them. Where are we at compared to them? And what do we need to – a team like that will definitely let you know what you need to work on. <laughs> so um, definitely playing them here in a couple of weeks – it's going to be another measuring stick for us to see how our progress is and and uh, how we match up. So we're definitely looking for some competitive games against them. Well, I noticed you said you had a you know a, a new influx of talent. How how long does that normally take for like the like the freshmen uh, to come in and get used to playing the ACHA brand of women's hockey? 
Yeah, I'd say for most that uh, the the level of play is pretty comparable for a lot of the tier two players that we're bringing in. And it, then it's just a matter of, it seems like we have a lot of centers on the team. So uh, my recruiting seemed to fo- focus there or end up there. So getting some people maybe to, to play some wing that were normally playing a center in their previous team or those types of situations, um, you know, the play time with four line rolling four lines out and stuff of uh, it's a little different maybe for some. So I definitely think that in September putting in our conditioning and our systems and everybody getting to know each other and trying to do as much team bonding as possible. And then boom, we get into the games in October and okay, now we're playing against another team instead of ourselves in practice. Uh, definitely provided uh, some clarity right on, on where they were. And, and uh, I, I always tell the team, your goal is to be better the next time you step on the ice than today. And, and I think they're definitely doing that. Um, you know, we're a little bit better each time. Well, I noticed on your roster, you've got uh, a good mix of a, a talent from not only in the States, but up in Canada. And you even have a Uper on your team. Now having a Uper is near and dear to my heart being a former Uper myself. Well, I guess you're always a Uper, but uh, you got some gals from Alberta and Ontario, as well as a, a, a few gals from Michigan. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of uh, nationwide and Canada-wide now, so uh, that's been awesome. So in the recruiting, um, usually with with players, a lot will reach out to me submitting a recruiting submission. And so, yeah, some of these Canadian players, I would have known about whether it's that or there's the NCSA recruiting profile online, you know, where you can kind of see some Mm -hmm. players and stuff and interact, so uh, yeah, I've been just ecstatic to uh, to have that outreach, uh, you know, to to bring those players in. And there's more and more even this year for seniors and juniors that are from Canada, from Ontario to the western part of Canada that are inquiring that are, really want to play hockey in the in the United States. So it's been cool to interact with them and provide information to them, you know, so they can make a decision on not only the hockey but the school, right? The yeah. academics, big part of it, most important part of it. So. Well, as a CMU grad myself, who wouldn't want to go to Central to go to school and <laughs> yeah. to play hockey, right? Absolutely, yeah. So when they ask me, uh, they've never been here, and they say, tell me a little bit about Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And I'm like, well, I don't want to say it's in the middle of nowhere surrounded by corn, but <laughs> it's kind of in the middle of nowhere surrounded by corn, you know. But uh, I always hype it up and say it's a true true college town, right? You got yeah. the NCAA football on Saturdays and, and lots to do, you know, in town, so. So to, everybody that comes has been happy so far. Do you have to tell them there isn't a mountain there? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> where exactly is Mount Pleasant? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you, again, you're off to the good start. What do you think, uh, Chris, is one of the things that you got to work on um, uh, to kind of get yourself maybe to that next level? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when you see the games, there's always stuff to work on. And we've been working a lot on our positioning especially in our defensive zone positioning, um, you know, getting, getting the breakouts. So we're not hemmed in a lot. And then um, our penalty kill definitely needs to, to clean up. Our power play has been really good. Um, and the penalty kill hasn't been bad, but we've been better in the past. So, okay. um, so a lot of that just, uh, I'd love to get the players here together here shortly. And all our games are broadcast on a, a YouTube channel or Chippewa club hockey network. And they do a great job of, you know, uh, broadcasting the games and having commentary and stuff. So I want to get a hold of that and do some film review because I think it's always a little different than me drawing on a board or saying go here or, you know, 
that watch your stuff on on tape and and try to translate it and you know into the on the ice for the next time, right? But don't be saying that too much. You'll give Devin a swelled head, man. That guy's already got an ego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Devin's a good dude. They do a wonderful yeah. job for you guys over there. Um, I look at uh, though I look at the stats you gals have put up so far. You know, Gabriella Nixon and Caitlin Williams, uh, and down to like Macy Barnett on the defensive side. You know, very consistent. Uh, you know, real balance. It looks like for you for you guys. Yeah, and I would say that in the three years I've been here, that this is about the most complete team that we've had, and and we're rolling out three, four real competitive lines, and then so the challenge, yeah, is to find who fits with each other, and okay, we've got we got talent up and down the board. So for some of our victories here, you usually hand out a player of the game. You know, we get hand out a hard hat and stuff, and the coaches and I always pick it before we go into the locker room, and it's like, who are we going to pick tonight? It could be. <laughs> four or five different players, you know, so, and our goaltending has always been our strength and yeah. still is, but you know, to have the, the depth and scoring that, okay, maybe you're going to try to line match and shut one line down. Well, guess what? I've got one or two more that are going to come at you and be able to put the puck in the net. So that's a, that's a great uh, situation to be in for sure. You know, it's funny is uh, one thing that I've noticed with, as the hockey season goes along, you know, we always hear how it's a marathon till, you get back from winter or Christmas break, and then it's the sprint the last six weeks. Uh, but it, it seems like the defensive end of the hockey in that in January and February ratchet it's up. And I see you talk about your goaltending. Brianna Schroer and Laura Abraham look like a pretty good duo for you. Yeah, they've been with us since year one. And that first year as freshmen, um, you know, they were facing sometimes 80, 90 oh. shots a game. And uh, uh, Bree's mom likened it to shooting machine guns, uh, pucks out of a machine gun in front, you know, and so they, they kept the faith and, and didn't get down, you know, on that first year. And I just kept telling them like, Hey, give us a chance and we're going to build this. And, you know, it's to the point where, um, you know, they're, it's a lot more realistic on the shot totals, right? It's uh, yeah. maybe 20, 30 a game instead of 80. So, um, yeah. So anytime, and you, you've been around hockey that, uh, you know, the game that a team plays a certain way when they know that they've got a goalie net that they are confident in. And, and we just play a real, sometimes aggressive style just because we know we got that goalie net that's going to stop the puck for us. Chris, you talked about recruiting and, you know, about uh, the, 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 the different sources that you use. Do you, do you rely on your, your players uh, for word of mouth to help out with recruiting too? I do where possible. Yeah. Um, sometimes, there'll be a friend of a, of a player that, Hey, tell me, you know, about CMU and what your experience is. And initially, usually the first, for the most part, the first contact between a player and, and the team is myself. And then once we kind of have that initial conversation, whether it's a zoom meeting or a phone call or something like that, if they continue to have the interest. I always will broach that to them. Like, Hey, if you want to meet the players, we can do another zoom and I'll bring a couple in, especially maybe a couple that are in the same intended major that they want to get into and then they can speak more to the classes that they're taking or their experience, you know, on campus life and all that. So we definitely want to get, help them make an informed decision. So any information we can provide to them, we certainly want to do. You know, I look at your schedule, you mentioned you got Sioux college coming up, but uh, you, you've got some teams, you've got Notre Dame coming in this weekend. Then you play down the road, you play Ohio state, uh, Besides some of the local schools, Bowling Green uh, and Aurora, uh, kind of a neat mixed uh, 
kind of shake or mix things up a little bit, give you some uh, new teams to play. Yeah, absolutely. And Aurora Chicago is a new team this year. They've had a women's NCAA D3 team and, and now they've got the, the ACHA team. So we're, we're excited about to uh, going there to play. And I've been trying to get Ohio state on the team or on the schedule for a couple of years. So I'm excited to finally get them because it's good, not only for yeah. just to play some different teams, but you know, for the rankings, I, I think that the ranking is a, a truer ranking point total when you play teams outside of your immediate conference. Right. And, right. and um, yeah, Lawrence tech, their second year program, they're already off to a, a great start. They're going to be a formidable foe there the weekend after Sue. So yeah, we've, um, it's a competitive league. Yeah, there's uh, there's going to be some challenges on the schedule for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Now, do you guys uh, do you have a, a a league tournament then at the end of the year? And does that uh, does a qual do you get an automatic qualifier? How does that work uh, if you were to uh, knock on wood uh, be able to qualify for nationals? Yeah. So um, this year, in, in previous years for the CCWHA that we belong to. It's mostly been a nine-team league since I've been involved. Okay. And then Aurora and Lawrence Tech are probationary members this year with the intent of being full-time next year. So in the past, it's been the, the top four in the standings. Everybody plays each other two two times. Okay. And then um, so the top four in the standings went to our league playoff at the end of the year. This year, I hear that we're going to expand that to the top six teams. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, so then the winner of that gets the auto bid to nationals. And then the next three in the rankings – uh, in the central region, which is mostly our league teams anyway, would be going to nationals. They would also get bids. Right. Well, that'll be exciting to follow uh, coming up in February. That's it's always a fun time of year, though, isn't it? Playoffs are the best best part of hockey. Oh, yeah. no doubt about it. So, Chris, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your experiences. You know, in hockey before you became a coach at uh, Central Michigan. Yeah. So as a kid, I uh, I. My first love was hockey. I always wanted to play and uh, just kind of in a situation where, where I lived and, you know, um, you know, my parents uh, being able to afford it. I, I didn't play organized hockey as a kid. I, I was the pond hockey kid. Yeah. I was out on the pond. As soon as the, the ice froze, I was out there and then they, they froze a rink in, in, in town and we were there all the time and, and always followed the game. I mean, my first memory, I'm 50 years old, so my first memory of hockey was the miracle on ice, right? You okay. know, the 1980 U S team. And then yeah. being from Michigan, then I started following hockey and that's when Steve Eisman came to the Red Wings and uh, yeah, uh, been a fan ever since. So, um, excellent. So then getting into my first, uh, uh, real job, my career job, as you call it, uh, when I was in my early twenties, the first thing I did was buy a full set of gear and we organized a, a men's league team. And I've been playing ever since I've been playing almost 30 years now, uh, organized hockey and then with the coaching so what's your secret if you're 50 years old man well you know i definitely am not in the shape i used to be but it's keep those knees healthy man (laughs) the knees and the hips are the first to go in the back i think so how long have you been in coaching so this is my 16th year okay um i've got a 22 year old daughter that got me into the girls women's side of hockey and then and my son is 19, and so I kind of alternated when they both turned five, six years old. Got him into the local learn to skate program, and and uh, just kind of alternated coaching or assistant coaching their teams. And then when the uh, the girls 19U coach here in Midland, when her daughter aged out, then I took over that team. That's right when my son went into high school anyway, and uh, with you know the high school coaches. So 
And then when she aged out of the 19U, the team, I thought I was going to be done coaching. And that's when the central position opened and I applied and, and was selected. And here I am. So um, it's been a great ride. Well, you're doing great work there. It's fun to watch. Uh, I, I keep telling myself I'm going to get up there for a game. I, there's so many venues that I want to go to to watch here in Michigan, you know, but I broadcast the Calvin game, so it's hard for me to get away. But uh, Central Michigan's on my list, so I'm, you know, I got to get up there for my alma mater. But, uh, Chris, uh, thanks for taking time out tonight to be on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. Uh, keep it going. I hope to uh, see a knock on wood maybe uh, – down in St. Louis coming up in uh, March. That's the goal. That'd be awesome. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, thanks a lot for having me on and appreciate it. Uh, it was fun and fire up chips. You bet. Fire up chips. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks again yeah, for joining you. us. You bet. Yep. Thank you. you bet. Bye-bye. Chris Haney, the head coach of uh, Central Michigan University's women's D2 program, off to a 5-1 and one start. They play in a very competitive CCWHA 2 uh, uh, league. And, again, when you've got the likes of uh, Michigan State, uh, perennial team going to nationals every year. Uh, and then of course, Sioux college, uh, who had a dominant run last year at the, uh, championships in Boston. I mean, they did, they rolled through the competition. So it's going to be exciting to see follow central Michigan as, uh, again, they, uh, they're on the road to Boston as well. So, wow. Um, it's been a great show. want to thank everybody for taking time out to be with us here watching the show tonight. And of course, our special guest is always uh, Craig Barnett, the executive director of the ACHA. A lot of fun stuff going on with uh, the road to St. Louis. The, the ball's rolling with them, uh, you know, with the showcases coming up, uh, you know, throughout the year in uh, all the different divisions. And so his plate is full and I really appreciate uh, Craig taking time out. Mike DePazio from uh, UMass Amherst, the head coach of them, the defending uh, men's D2 national champions off to a good start again this year for them the grind has started uh you know the the again the focus is getting at the d2 level in the men's the focus is getting one of those top two spots in uh uh men's division in in each region so you don't have to go through that grind of uh the regional tournament coming up in february of uh, 2024 so we want to thank mike for joining us and of course chris haney the head coach of uh, Central Michigan, taking time out tonight to uh, give us an update on uh, the women's D2 program. And now uh, they're off again to a great start as well. All right, that's going to do it here for another edition of the ACHA Power Play. We, again, thank everybody for taking time out to join us. Uh, we got a great show planned again coming up here shortly. So stay tuned. Again, we invite you to uh, become uh, just uh, subscribe to our channel here on the Captain Lou Sports Network. That's where you can see all of our shows the ACHA Power Play, the Captain Lou Extravaganza, uh, the high school shows that I do as well for football, all of that right on the Captain Lou Sports Network. So I invite you to uh, be a subscriber to that. And, of course, follow us on uh, the Belly Up Network, a podcast as well. Belly Up Sports, uh, we're uh, powered up by them and, by them and of course, uh, Seat Geek. If you're going to go to that big game, I invite you to uh, go to Seat Geek and use the promo code Captain Lou. For $20 off your first purchase. It's that simple. SeatGeek, the official secondary market of Michigan and Michigan State Athletics. All right, everybody. Enjoy the hockey this weekend. Some great games in the ACHA. And, uh, you know, again, be safe, have fun, and enjoy the hockey. And until we see you next time on the ACHA Power Play, this is Captain Lucing. Keep your heads up, keep your sticks down, keep your feet moving, and as always, keep your minds open. 
Good night, everybody. Thanks again for our guests joining us. And thanks for you for taking time out to watch us. Until next time, Lou Gamlin saying so long.